You are listening to the Scale with Speed podcast. Why? Because scale equals revenue and speed equals profit. Hosted by nine-figure business builders, Matt Monero and Judge Graham. Enter with caution. Welcome to the Scale with Speed podcast. I'm Matt Monero in the studio with my man, Judge Graham. Hey, hey, hey. You know, Judge, um, you created these seven deadly habits that happen in every business. And we teach it at Burn the Shifts Boot Camp. But um, I just don't know whether people spend enough time really analyzing them because they're true in every business and most people never skill up on how to correct them. Mm -hmm. And so what, what we thought we would do on today's episode is go through the seven deadly habits that occur in every business and give the audience some understanding of how they can correct them mm-hmm. within the organization. And these are your seven deadly habits. I love them. Um, you know, I talk about them all the time in, in our executive management team here in order to make sure that we're not doing them. Yeah, they're key. They're freaking vital. <laughs> yeah, and we, we call them deadly because, I mean, they can literally create cancer or toxicity in an organization, right? I mean, it just it becomes a, you know, just a, a screeching halt um, and it creates the opposite of scale and the opposite of growth and the opposite of culture. And so, you know, we got to be passionate about these. So we, we like, uh, you know, at the end of every podcast, the Scale Speed podcast, we give you Monday moments, things that you can put into place. So what we're going to do today is we're going to read the seven habits. We're going to talk about it, tell you some stories of how they exist. You need to think about stories of how they've existed in your business, whether it's present or, or past. And then we're going to give you the cure. Mm-hmm. This is what you have to do to stop this from happening. And the cure on today's episode is going to be your Monday moment. So if you like this format that we're doing in which we pick a great topic, you get to learn from it, and then we give you the Monday moments, today's Monday moments are going to be the cure for the deadly habit. So there will be seven Monday moments against each cure. Sounds pretty tactical, pretty strategic, but hopefully that's why you're listening to this podcast because it's not fluff and mindset. This is real shit that happens in our businesses that you know are happening in your business you can put into play right away. Love it. All right? So let's get after it. The first deadly habit is called talking in bullshit. Mm. And what that means is you're having sugar-coated conversations. Nobody's really telling the damn truth. We're afraid. Is it going to piss the person off? Am I going to get sued? I hope it doesn't impact my number one salesperson because I really need their revenue. But boy, they're doing some shit that they shouldn't be doing. I don't mean in fraud methodology. They're just, maybe they're not buying into the culture. Maybe they're just saying some things that make your skin crawl or something else. And so conversations are being coded, sugar-coated. Right. Yeah, like, let's do a, 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 a live example, right? I mean, Ramsey, you do the paid search here, right, in the marketing? Yes, that's right. Okay, so so imagine if Matt said, hey, uh, Ramsey, I need a, an update on this campaign you're running, okay? And let's say, one, you're not ready for the information, okay, or um, it's not performing how it should, and you know, you're spending more money than you need to on it, and you made a mistake, or, or whatever it is, and your response back to Matt is, hey, it's all, everything's good, you know, we should have more data in two weeks. That's talking in bullshit, okay? Because now Matt believes, fucking everything's great. Ramsey's got it handled. Ramsey's got it handled. Paid search is fucking killing it. Life is good. Where, where, show me the leads, baby. Where are the leads? 
and then two weeks goes by and you overspent or you got kicked out of Google or whatever happened, dude, that's a problem. Yeah. Now, if you would have just addressed it head on with Matt, hey, here's what's going on, boom, speed happens, Matt corrects it. So the Monday moment is the cure of talking in bullshit, which is total 100% transparency at all times. Yeah. You have to require it from the group. And then the, the second piece is you as an organization and a leader as well, you have to tell the truth even when it's ugly. Totally. So, you know, let, let's go a, a, a different uh, angle on a judge. Let's say that you have some scale to your business and now you've got department heads and you've got a controller. And you have, um, you, you got a letter from the workforce commission saying that your payroll tax uh, <coughs> rate changed, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And let's just say it went from 2.5% to 3.5% because through COVID you had a lot of uh, layoffs and those people filed for unemployment and you got hit with the bump. Got it. But the controller didn't do anything about it, right? And now you're starting to get letters from the workforce commission in your in your in your uh, in your state saying that uh, you're being penalized. Mm. So you're being penalized, and there's an interest. And if nothing happens about that, then you end up getting a lien, right? That's the way it plays out, y'all. Right. right. I mean, that, you, I didn't read that someplace. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but that story has played out here over 25 years in business. Now, why would the controller not want to bring it to your attention? Well, maybe they're embarrassed. Maybe yeah, they screwed up. Maybe they're scared. They, they're scared. Maybe they think they're going to get fired in a tough environment. They're not in an environment that allows them to be empowered to have that conversation. Dude, those are real, two real-life stories of how talking and bullshit can destroy your business. Now, what's the difference between 25 and 3%? 1%. 1% on whatever your payroll is. Maybe it's not a huge number, but there's embarrassment to it. Liens go out to the marketplace. You start to get phone calls from people that say, hey, I know there was a lien filed. We can right. do the lien dispute for you. It's just not how you want to run a professional organization. But if you don't have everyone telling the truth, even when it's ugly, that's a real life example here, here, of what can happen. Here, Matt, this is, this is the real effect, is like my man Warren Buffett would do, compounding, okay? We just gave two examples. If you have a 100-person company, imagine the compound effect of talking on bullshit is doing to the organization. Okay, when we talk about speed being a core value and something you need, talking in bullshit brings everything to a halt. Yeah. By the way, if you if you're listening to this and you and you want real tangible stuff, you need to do what I just laid out for you. Because you probably have laid some people off who filed for unemployment and your unemployment tax rate is going to go up because of that. And you need to be prepared for the fact that your next quarterly deposit to your workforce commission is going to be higher than the last one. Mm -hmm. So if you really want to structurally, tactically take some shit from this podcast, go to your freaking account right now totally. and say, hey, let me ask a question about our, our uh, tax deposit for last quarter versus this quarter. 100%. All right, number two, living in quicksand. Mm. This, is, this is where there's a fog. <laughs> a slow death that there are too many downstream 
things that are beginning to happen, right? Judge, expand on living in quicksand a little bit. So living in quicksand is, is, is uh, you have a meeting, okay? You get called into the meeting. You have no clue why you're in the meeting, okay? And your manager pseudo assigns something. Um, it'd be like me coming in to Ramsey and Z and saying, okay, guys, uh, we need the podcast uh, YouTube videos up next um, sometime next week, and uh, we want some good graphics, okay? Well, and then I walk out of the room. You two guys are in quicksand. Who, who's doing the video? When's the date? When, when do I get it up? Uh, he said graphics, but am I doing the graphics? What's the graphic look like? And, and in fairness to the non-managers, the, the, the staff members, Dude, you should be pushing back on your managers. Hey, I just heard what you said, but in order for me not to live in quicksand, I need help. When you say next week, Judge, is that Wednesday at noon? Is it Monday at noon? When you say graphics, could you give me three examples of what you like? You know my style versus Z style. Who do you want doing the graphics? You guys see where I'm getting with this? And we so often, whereas the manager or the employee, we create things that aren't structured and force people to live in quicksand. Yeah. Here's your Monday moment for the cure on living in quicksand. Clarity, accountability, and trust within your partners. How many times, Judge, have we said, hey, I want this done, and then you feel like you've empowered the staff member, and then an hour later you're like, hey, where, where is it? How are we doing on that? You, know, right. you see it. Dude, sometimes you just gotta trust the people that you hired. So so this is a this is a big one because ambiguity is rarely communicated but often felt. Yeah, and as the leader or whatever, it, this is a self-reflection moment. Yeah. You've probably been doing a fucking shitty job. Yeah. Is the leader of of not bringing that clarity, of not giving that empowerment, and of not allowing trust, right? So you have to do that in order to get that. I love number three here, the need for certainty, right? And look, at Burn the Ships boot camps, we, the first thing we do is we issue personality tests for every attendee. Mm -hmm. And then we go further and what does it mean and, and how do you interpret it? But then we push you to do the same thing for everybody in your organization because some people have an extremely high need for certainty. Mm -hmm. In the predictive index that we use, it's referred to as a high D. If someone in their personality test has a super high D, it means they have to dot the I's, they have to cross the T's. They're the person that has to read the instructions before they start building the place right. set in the backyard, mm -hmm. right? If, if you have someone in the organization that has this need for certainty, things will go slower sure will. than the exact opposite, right? 100%. So the, the concept that we use here for, for the evidence of this happening in your organization is what, what you have called cud-chewing. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite terms of all seven of these. Cud-chewing is something that, you, you know, you have to be from Texas or have a little bit of country in you to understand. Montana, it. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have, somewhere country. You have seen a cow that chews the grass and just the jaw constantly chews. And then it turns into, in the cheek, cud. cud. And that's the term. If, you, if you're from the Northeast and you don't know what cud is, that's what cud is. 
and the cow says to itself, I don't know what I should do. Eat it? Should I swallow it? Should I spit it out? And they don't, you know what they do? They just keep chewing on it. And it yeah. blows up their, their cheek. And you can see, dude, you can just see a catch. The same freaking thing has happened in your organization. Let, let me give a great example. I mean, when, when I used to run SQ1 until we solved this, I mean, in, in, let's be clear. Matt and I built this podcast, and all the things that we give you, We've lived it, okay? So this isn't made up fucking academic bullshit. Like, the reason we have the seven deadly is because I had to live the seven deadly and had to fix them, right? So let me give you my example where the need for certainty hit for me. So, uh, you know, SQ1 was a marketing agency. We did, you know, big websites, digital campaigns, all those things. And for us, we had to, 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 to hit these projects on time to build a... To, to get the money we needed to do. So making sure we hit deliverables for our clients was is imperative, yeah. right? So, you know, when you do a big website or a big project, there's several players, right? You're doing like the first layer of creative, UX design, the development, the front end, all these different Client approval, all these moving parts, right? And so in every moving part, if Steve and his team don't get the first part done, then the second, team can't start because it's sequential, right? Some of it's parallel, but a lot of it is sequential, right? So I remember, you know, we're like three weeks behind on this project. And, and I'm, you know, now I'm starting to lose my shit, right? You can imagine me <laughs> doing this. So I, I figure out where in the workflow it is, and then I go to, you know, one of the, the creatives on it, and, and I said, you know, why hasn't, why haven't we handed off this work product to the downstream yet? Okay. And again, this was a, a junior person, a part of a, a, a team or whatever, but it was his responsibility. And literally, Matt, this, there was a brand style guide for things, things on there. And he, uh, he was in charge of selecting the color of the buttons for the website. Okay. And it was literally two different shades of blue of the color pattern in the brand style guides, which either one would have been approved. He had so much anxiety <laughs> and uncertainty of knowing which one to pick that he literally sat on it and had no realization of what it was doing to delay because everybody else couldn't, couldn't the way we had it built, you, you needed that section in order to start. So at that moment, think about your organization. Are you so rigorous? Is there such a fear factor that your people aren't empowered that they can't have certainty to make decisions? It takes everything to a halt. And the bigger you are, the worse it gets. Okay? That never happened again, right? I mean, I, I, I have a philosophy. It's like, dude, if you have 70% data to make a decision, I want you making the decision. So that is the Monday moment for the need for certainty, which is number three of the seven deadly habits, mm -hmm. is make decisions at 70% accuracy. Unless you're a brain surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the point is, and if you, if you want more on this, go and listen to the previous uh, episode that we did on speed, the acronym for speed, you'll get a real understanding of it. Dude, you gotta move faster. Yeah. You have to force the decision making. And, and the reason that the certainty is so important is that everyone's afraid to make a mistake. Dude, you can live with 30% of the mistakes if you make 70% of the right decisions, all right? 100%. That's your Monday moment on that need for certainty. Allow and empower your people to move faster and it's okay to make some mistakes.
All right, number four, participation in Games of Thrones. Now, when, when Judge you know, told me about this one, I have never seen the show Game of Thrones. Right. So I don't know what that says about me, but I didn't even know what this meant. But as soon as Judge expanded upon it, which giving me evidence that Game of Thrones could be existing in an organization, it made total sense to me. It's us versus them. Yeah. It's triangles that are happening. It's one. It's sales. It's thiefdoms. Thiefdoms. It's sales not working with marketing or marketing not working with sales, right? It's operations. It's, it's product development not working with the other department. It's sales not having <coughs> respect for shipping. It's all of that stuff, man. It's creative that doesn't uh, appreciate uh, design. It's design that doesn't appreciate creative, yeah. right? It's, it's programming, rather, not design, yeah. that doesn't have a feel for, for creative. It's big. So take it, take it a step further, buddy. <clears throat> yeah, so if you had an executive team, here's a great example, and you come in and you're unaware that this is happening because I promise you it is, and you've got to stop it, and let's say, um, you know, we could use your executive, you have what, four or five people on your executive team here? Yeah. Okay, each one of those executives owns a line of the business, whether it's marketing, operations, finance, sales, HR, whatever, okay? And as the leader, you come into your executive team and say, hey, here's the new marching orders, here's the plan, I need this team doing this, you guys doing this, this is what we're doing this next week, right? Because I don't... We build things in, in annual plans, but we break it down into weeks and days, okay? Because the ball moves different directions, and if you're not pivoting, you're going to be in trouble. Okay, so here's the plan for the week, and here's how we're going to break it down for the day. And then the leaders disseminate, and then they go meet with their team, and they go, yeah, 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 yeah. You may have heard that Matt was saying this is what we're doing, but no, 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 no. He doesn't know what he's doing, and our team is gonna do this because this is what we need to do. Yeah. Disastrous. I had it happen in, in, in our sales department um, a number of years ago because I was afraid to put one hand on my wallet and one of my balls and pull the trigger and hire a real sales manager. So what did I do? I turned a, a, a good salesperson into the player coach. Mm. And if you're listening to this, you've done the exact same oh, yeah. thing. It's the most guilty, everybody. I'll take my best sales guy and make him the manager. I'll make him the manager. Still, and, yeah. and he would say, so to, to follow up with your point of disaster, we would have a meeting and I would, I would lay out how it's gonna work specifically for the newest hires. And he would immediately, when I left that meeting, say, you don't have to worry about it. Right. We're going to do it this way. Exactly. Right? That's Game of Thrones. That's us versus them. Yeah. And what does it do to the new hire who comes in and says, well, man. It kills the culture. It kills, kills everything. So your Monday moment is there's no I in team. The group has to work through alignment. There has to be togetherness in the decisions that are being made and the communication that's happening. Yeah. All right? That's a freaking huge one. And you know what happens too, Judge? Most entrepreneurs, and we see it at Burn the Ships when we look at these personality tests, just about every single attendee has a high A, mm -hmm. ambition, right? Drive. And when you're when you're climbing the hill, man, you're not looking back. Right. Yeah, you need to be. So you're like, hey, that was a good meeting, wasn't <laughs> yes. it? And you don't even realize that Game of Thrones oh. is happening in your organization. Everybody's yeah. on the same fucking page, right? We're all going forward, right? Yeah. Not always. All right, number one, two, three, four, five. We can't because. My favorite. This is your favorite. This is my favorite one. Yeah. So the evidence that we can't because is negativity, leading with the word no, and focusing on roadblocks. 
Oh, did I, this one happens. <clears throat> I want you. I want you to count how many times in a day, in a meeting, you hear we we can't, we can't. I mean, it used to be where I couldn't even finish a fucking sentence. It was <laughs> we can't, right? So here he comes again. Yeah, just 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 lead. Judges walk in and lead with we can't, <laughs> right? So it's start fucking with no. Yeah, start with no, but. You've, you've conditioned your organization, if you tolerate this, for failure, okay? How many times, you know, if you walk in with an idea and it's with the marketing department, I'm picking on the guys um, here at CFF because they're in front of me in marketing, and, and I come in and um, we've come up with a new idea, and it's to help drive new sales or whatever, and immediately Ramsey says or Z says, We've already done that before, and it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. We we can't because well, our technology won't allow that. Yeah, we we don't have the lighting for that. We right? don't we don't have the the, the 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 setup to do it, or you know, we need a nine thousand dollar camera. We can't for whatever reason as human beings, we just condition a mindset of we can't. Yeah. Okay, and I would challenge, and it's a painful process. <clears throat> excuse me, is the leader or manager. To don't bulldoze them, right? Don't just say, no, we're going to fucking do it. Peel the onion. Let me understand. When you say we can't because we did that before, what happened? Oh, well, well, well Google, you know, didn't allow the pixel anymore. Well, does Google allow it now? Well, well, I don't know. Well, let's look that up. Oh, well, it does now. Okay, so, so that is possible, right? I mean, you've got to extract it because what happens is people want to win. I talk about this all the time. Your people want to win. There is a euphoric endorphins take like the, the the winning is my drug. Okay, I'm glad I don't do other drugs. Winning is my drug, and if I'm not winning, I'm not getting my high. Yeah. And your people want that high, and if you constantly say we can't, dude, you're not getting your high. You so, gotta give it to them. So by the way, couple couple other uh, things to Z and Ramsey. Uh, we're just talking about you guys because you're in the room and it's a good example for us. But the reality is you guys really do the opposite. You actually find a way to make it happen. And, and Judge and I both appreciate you very much for doing that. Let me give one more layer of this, Judge, as it relates to the company's sales process. How many times are you telling your customers that you can? Dude. Oh, my God. Your best customers want to hear yes. If I've selected that I'm doing business with you, you better find a way to get my shit done. Yeah, totally. Because a mortgage example from the last podcast. The perfect example. <laughs> I do not want to hear no. Right. I want to hear yes, Mr. Monero. Right. Yes, I can do that for you. Yes, I can. Now, as a sales strategy, I would offer that the customer is not always right, and sometimes you do have to slow their roll, and you do have to check your clients. But your best customers with real money who want to spend with you, they do not want to hear your no. reasons why you can't. Yeah, 100%. So it's twofold, right? It's both what are your what is your team saying to client base and then what's happening internally. Here's the Monday moment for the takeaway. Answer yes and find a way. Yeah, dude, win. Listen, if, if Ramsey and Z say, we can't do that because the camera sucks, 
you better listen to them and say, okay, can you go and find me the right camera? Get me three bids on it and let's pull the trigger. Right. Or I'm okay, let me see the quality of the current one. Okay, good call. And, and I'm, I'm okay with it, yeah. right? I mean, again, a lot of this onus isn't on the team, it's on you as the leader. By the way, that actually is an example that happened in here. Like the cameras we had running video stopped at 30 minutes. Mm. And when we would go over the 30 minutes recording something, it, it caused difficulty. They had to stop the camera and they had to alternate and all that sort of stuff. We go, well, how do we fix that? They're like, well, we need a better camera. Okay, cool. Get me the but, fucking camera. But, Let's go. But again, we're not picking on Ramsey and Z. That's a great example of being... Some people would just say, Matt wants it longer. I need 30 minutes. And somebody would could, could say, not these guys, but could say, we can't. And then you leave it at like, well, okay, I guess we can't. No, the answer is, oh, great, but we, we're going to have to get another camera. That's not a we can't. That's a solution. And that's, a, that's amazing. That's how it should get handled. Yeah, that was before your time, Ramsey, though, I think. You came in with that camera. But prior to that, there was like <laughs> lots of discussion about don't, don't, tell, don't tell me that. It doesn't work. All right, let's keep going. Um, this, is, this is beautiful on number six here. Tolerance for mediocrity. Mm. Low standards and good enough becomes good enough. Oh, man. I, I said we can't because it's my favorite, but this is, a, <laughs> this, is a, this is a close second. Right, so this is a great example of it. Matt and I teach this formula. You know, if you don't know your formula for what you need to generate in revenue every single day to get to your goal, we should have that as another podcast. I'm sure we have it coming up. That's huge. You you have to know that. Okay. So let's just give an example. If if you have a sales organization, you've mapped your formula out, and it, it takes 75 phone calls, you know, 30 emails, in four demos to get one sale. Yeah. Okay. And you hire, and you go through the process, you do a personality test, you find what you believe is an amazing salesperson, you're setting them up for success, and you said, listen, what we have to do here is 75 calls, 30 emails, whatever I said, four demos equals one sale, okay? That's the standard in order for you to hit your comp plan. That's the standard to be a salesperson in an organization. Good? Great. All of a sudden, the sales manager is managing the team. Uh, COVID happens. It's a, a bad month. The list sucks. Whatever. That seventy-five phone calls quickly starts to become thirty-five phone calls, three emails, and one demo. And we're celebrating now the one demo. Yeah. Because as an organization, we accepted mediocrity. We listened to the excuses. We didn't arm our team with what they needed to be successful. And we just said, you know what? Good is good enough. And when you get to that state, specifically when you know what you need to win, you're just, you're destined to lose. Here's your Monday moment for the cure. You have to define the new standards. Right. This is how we do, we it. do it here. I know you didn't do it that way Previously, that's why you were on Craigslist looking for a job. Yeah. That's how <laughs> we do it here. Now, just a takeaway on that, which is really important. You really do, at some point in your company journey, need to have people who are doing it here and winning, which we've talked yeah, about. Yeah, you have to have, yeah. 
so that you can say to the new person who wants to fight you, look why, you, this guy's 10 feet away from you or this gal's 10 feet away from you, they follow the system and they're crushing it. Right. Just follow the process. This yeah. is how we do it here. Yeah. And, it, and, and, and the tolerance of mediocrity happens because the standards aren't set, relentlessly upheld, and crystal clear. Yeah, and again, this is onus on the leader. Dude, mediocrity means, no, dude, you got to get your team a good list. You got to provide them with a real phone. You got to yeah, have a tech. desk. They yeah. need tech. They need a CRM. They need so it's it's a two way thing. But you as the leader have to set the standard, provide them with the, what they need, the formula, and the ability, and the training, and the tech in order to be successful, and don't deviate from it. Z, you and I had this conversation at one time, right? I was like, what's taking so damn long? I don't understand it. You're like, um, have you not seen the computer I'm working on, boss? Like, uh, <laughs> the video cards, like, from 2005, and, uh, right? And I, do you remember that conversation? Yeah, yeah. And I go, well, what are you doing working with that computer? Go get a new computer. You didn't even really know that that was an option. So you just had to accept the fact and slow your process down because you're a super fast video editor because the tech sucked. So we go out and we get you a new computer. And I think we're, we're like, that was... One gen, I think we're on even a second generation for you. You're about to get hit up for another computer. Uh, but, but, listen, <laughs> but, but that's the magic of it. I want you to come to yeah. the situation to Troy and say, I, I can't, boss, I'm being slowed down. I, my, my work is suffering because the company isn't giving me the right tech. Yeah. You know? um, that's, that's how it has to go down. Yeah. So, I can't deliver. I'll be mediocre. Help me fix it. Well, let's go to number seven, because this is the one that most people have the biggest difficulty with, which is failure to deliver. So the evidence of that uh, uh, is um, people don't do what they say they were going to do. The commitments that they made, they don't uphold. Mm. I, I know you told me 75 calls, boss, and I told you I was going to do 75 calls, but yesterday I did 50. This is the biggest challenge we see at Burn the Shifts, Judge. How do people correct behavior when, when staff is consistently failing to deliver? As the leader, you, you, you can't tolerate it, right? It's just like the mediocrity. I mean, you have to create an environment where, again, a real company has people, and that team has to be working like a cohesive team, like a football team, right? I mean, if you have an offensive lineman and they consistently let the guy in the backfield they don't listen they're they off the snap i mean i'm, I'm coaching fifth graders right now so it's very relevant for me <laughs> right and it's fun to watch but that that's what a company is it's a unified team and if one player on on my my boy's fifth grade team doesn't execute fails to deliver it affects it affects the play. It can't affects the game. You can't win. Play, son. You Please. can't win. Okay. And so, as an organization, for whatever reason, Bill Belichick doesn't tolerate that shit, right? But we do. We yeah. we we tolerate it. And if you do, dude, you're gonna fail. Your your Monday moment cure on this is is allowing people to have real ownership of the project that they're in charge of. Yeah, empower them. Make them feel that they they don't want to feel bad. No. But they don't want to let the team down. The other piece for the cure, your Monday <laughs> moment on this one, is measurement. Dude, you have to set the measurement, the baseline of how we do it here, and, a, and, and be relentless in a 
coaching servant way for the first couple times. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Okay, we keep missing. Keep missing. Is are we unclear on the measurement? Are we unclear about what we're accountable for? Are we unclear of the process? Are we unclear of what was expected of you? And I believe that both sides, both the management leader and and the the frontline worker deserves chances. Totally. This is not a one-time fail. This is a, if, they, if the person fails, it's on the manager. And go to them and say, I apologize. We must have been unclear. Let's start over with clarity. Yeah, and what you'll find, Madam, and you and I know this, great leaders typically don't have to fire people. If you create an environment that's around team, empowerment, accountability, that team member is either gonna step up or step out. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's, it's a simple, nobody using the fifth grade football analogy, that center, okay, or, or right guard, after four plays of his quarterback getting sacked, or the running back getting hit, or being off sides and penalties, at some point, that individual is going to go, dude, I'm either going to have to fix this, or I'm not going to play. And, and, and it self-selects, and in business, it's no different. It reminds me of the time I fired that guy, Larry, a telemarketer. And, and, you know, I, I've told the story before, but I was so terrified to fire this guy, and I waited and waited and waited and waited, accepted his mediocrity. And when I finally lost enough sleep about it and I called him into the, 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 the conference room to fire him, he said, you should have fired me three weeks ago. Totally. They know. They know. They know. And, 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 and you know, they know when you have to have the foresight and the ability as a leader to do that. All right. Judge and I hope that you, as a listener are saying to yourself, man, this is good shit. And you're, you're believing when we tell you that this is not shit from a book. This is real life stuff that we have lived and therefore we know you're living it. Yep. That's why you're tuning in. You're, you're living it. If you're about to go into business, you're about to experience it. Maybe you're not big enough that you're feeling all of these. It will happen. You keep growing, this shit's gonna happen. Okay? Totally. And, and you have the opportunity to address it now. By listening to the podcast, if you want to go the step further, and I am going to sell you on it, you need to sign up for the Burn the Ships Boot Camp. 100%. It's 4000 bucks. It's a day and a half in Dallas. The next one is October 8th and 9th. 100% money back guarantee. 100% money back guarantee. If for any reason you don't feel as though you got $4,000 worth of value, Judge and I will write you a check at the end of day two. It's Which has never happened. Never happened once. No one's even come close to asking us for it. We've had 150-ish plus. plus come through it. The other thing that's great about it, Matt, we don't talk enough about this, is it's a very intimate event. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's uh, anywhere from 20 to 40 people. COVID's made it a little funky for us in that, right? Closer to the 20. Um, but, you know, call it 30 to 40 people. First class everything. Yeah. You get to shoot automatic weapons with us. We smoke, smoke cigars, cigars drink bourbon. bourbon, barbecue. We do it our way. Yep. Yeah. And we, we want you to recognize that sooner or later, you have to pull the trigger to learn the language of business. Yeah. What we talked about today is one piece. So like 20 plus. Of the pillars that we teach at Burn the Ships. It's the best business boot camp ever created. We wouldn't do it if it wasn't. Deeply passionate about it because of the results. The results just keep coming in from our attendees <clears throat> of, holy shit, it was the best event I've ever been to. Yeah, totally. And you know what we're starting to see even more, Judge, is the people who the, who went through Six the alpha ago, group. Yeah. The first guys are <clears throat> coming back a year Selling later. their company. Revenue's up more than it's ever been. 
So, burntheships.com. <laughs> Click boot camp. October 8th and 9th in Dallas, Texas. Just pull the damn trigger and come on and leave the rest of me a judge, all right? We'll see you down the road. Make it happen. Bye. You are listening to the Scale with Speed podcast. Why? Because scale equals revenue and speed equals profit. Hosted by nine-figure business builders, Matt Monero and Judge Graham. Enter with caution. Thank you.